This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Ooh, I welcome you on a Wednesday night here. Bless you if you're watching live stream. Glad to have you with us. If you need a Bible, uh, we'll try to get you one as quick as we can. Get your hand up. And then go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. We've got hands up. I want to get the Word of God in your hands so you can make sure I'm telling you the truth. So we're in uh, Genesis 8 here. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings. As our ushers are getting you that, I'm going to give you some announcements real quick. Believe it or not, I'm on a time constraint tonight. Trying to get everybody out of here for this uh, open house we're doing. Right after the service, be sure and get your kids. The faith closet's open. The food pantry's open. Uh, next Wednesday night, we're having a partnership class. If you are a young adult, whatever that looks like, whatever, if you think you're young, you're welcome to come out Friday night to the exchange. And again, here at the end of the service, we'll give you some info on the open house tonight. All right, Genesis chapter 8. And this is on the area of, of giving. And I think I'm safe to say this, one of the most challenging areas in every one of our lives is a thing called finances or money. And some of you say, yea, verily, it is a challenge. So in verse 22, Genesis 8, while the earth remains, and the last time I look, it still remain, or we wouldn't be here, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night, they shall not cease. Now, when I look at what he's talking about here, man, in, in 2021, we, we experienced cold. Do you remember back in February? And there's been some really, really, really hot days. We experienced winter. We experienced summer. We'll experience daytime right now. In, his, in just a little bit, it'll be nighttime. But he said something interesting to start with, that seed time and harvest shall not cease. And so when you look at what he's talking about in this area of seed time and harvest, I want you to think in these terms. The only way I can get a harvest is I've got to plant a seed. Even in the area given, you're, you're not going to get a harvest without a seed. And here's another important thing about this thing called seed. Every time you get an increase or a paycheck and you get seed in the ground, you'll always have a harvest. And so what happens in our life, the seed I sowed three, four, five months ago is coming into to fruition right now. I'm getting a harvest. But not only am I getting a harvest when I consistently give to God, I always got seed in the ground. But if you go a month, two months, three months, and you skip putting seed in the ground, you're going to go several months without a harvest. There's three of you that agree. Either amen or own me. And so the Bible, man, it, it does not change. And that's what I like about this, what he's talking about. The principle of seed time and harvest, it continues today. Right now, it's still in effect. Got to get a hold of the word in this area. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We ask, Lord, that you bless all the seed that's sown. 
that it would come back just as you said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we thank you, Father God, that your increase is 30, 60, 100-fold in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, once you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27 is where we'll begin, then we'll head to Romans chapter 1. We are on our second weeks on this series called The Counterfeit, stuff pertaining to idols. And if you were here last week or not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- recap some of it real quick. The Lord said in Exodus 20, the very first commandment, he said, have no other gods before me. Have no other gods before me. Now, I, I read that with this thought. He wouldn't have warned us of that if that wasn't a possibility. But a lot of times when we think of idols, we think this thought, I, I'm not going to worship some wooden image. That's, that's so irrelevant. That's so primitive. But the gods of this world are, are still around. And so even with that thought, if we were able to look at your personal computer, your iPad, your, your cell phone, What would be revealed by your search history? What would be your your data trail? And so what becomes priority in our life actually is is what consumes us and we become dependent on. And, And anything that we look at or anyone we look at to take the place of God, that's a substitute. That's a counterfeit. That's not real, it's an idol. Proverbs 27, verse 19. As water in a face reflects face. It's like when you look at your face in the water, it's like a mirror. And he says, so a man's heart reveals the man. A man's heart reveals your true identity. What's in my heart? And what's in my heart is what I'm going to serve. It's what I'm going to gravitate to. Now, just off of that statement right there, have you had this thought or have you said out of this out of your mouth, if, if I just could have this or if I could just have that in my life, it would bring meaning to my life, it would bring value to my life, it would bring significance to my life, or it would even bring security within me. See, oftentimes that's what we look at in our life, that this, if I had it, it would make me happy. The only thing that's going to bring value and real lasting happiness is Father God. That's it. That's it. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter number 1. And within our heart, and when I talk about our heart, that's the inside of me. That's the real man. That's, that's who, who, who will be eternally with God. But with ev- everything in my heart and your heart, I choose. And what I choose in the things of my heart will move me toward the course of my life because of my choices. What becomes priority in your life? Romans chapter 1. Now this is the Apostle Paul talking here, and I'm going to start in verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his or God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, 
even his eternal power in the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so that they are without excuse. Now, what you see here is that, that every person has an understanding of God. Every person does. God's beauty and God's order. Every one of us see it. You know, I, I think about this with Father God. Every day the sun rises and the sun sets. Every night the stars come out. Do you know, that just didn't happen. That's the God who created that. Do you know, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. You do? I do. God spoke and bang. There it was. It happened. Just go back to Genesis 1 and read about it. And so who do you think told the sun when to rise and when to set? Who do you think told the stars when to twinkle? Who do you think who told the rivers which way to flow to? Who do you think told the leaves when to be green and when to fall off? And so I mention these things, and think about this. When we see a good thunderstorm in West Texas, man, it's wonderful to see that big rainbow in the sky. Again, that's an attribute to God. He's real. He's alive. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Although people knew that God existed, they didn't glorify him as God. So when you look at this, in general, they knew there was a God. They just didn't have a a personal knowledge or a God-fearing in God. This is what this is talking about. And so the word know here is actually in past tense, and it means a society that has acknowledged God, but is a wayward society. We start leaving the things of God. So Paul says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. Do you know it's a big deal to be thankful to God? It's it's a big deal to express gratitude to God. And he goes on to say, but they became futile in their thoughts. Now that word futile here, it means to make empty. It means vain. It means foolish. It means perverted logic. And so he says here, because they didn't acknowledge God, because they didn't gravitate God, they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts became darkened. They they were misguided. They, They became steeped in moral darkness. Now, what I read right there is what happens when mankind tries to do life without God. It's going to start messing with your thinking. Verse 22. And professing or claiming to be wise, they pretended to know it all. They became fools. They literally were illiterate in regarding life is what this means. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. 
So they traded God or they exchanged God for what they made or for what they invented. Ooh, this is powerful when you begin to look at it. This Now the Apostle Paul is getting over on this. And so idolatry here begins when people reject what they know about God. That's when it all starts. Verse 24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So God will give you up to the lust of your heart. If that's what you want, that's what God's going to do. He lets you do it. He'll say, go ahead if that's what you want to do. If you want to serve somebody other than God. Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever and evermore. So they traded God for what's a lie or what's a fake or what's a counterfeit. Now, that's still possible to this day. But I think where we get off track is we have this thought about these carved images and and these invented things that we would never serve them. So I'm studying on these lines and I read this passage two days ago. And, And there was a man who was a missionary and he went on the mission field into India. His first day there, he witnesses this woman who takes a chicken and she goes on this altar and she sacrifices this chicken to her God. Right there, he sees her bow, he sees her cut it, take the blood and and offer it to this false God. And this missionary said he, he became shocked and dumbfounded that he literally saw blatant idolatry. Now, I believe every one of us, if, they, if we witnessed that, we would say, that's, that's an idol. That's exactly what that is. Two days later, he runs into this same lady. And he finds out this lady knows how to speak English. And this lady is educated. And this lady is kind. And she says to him, Three years ago, I got to go to the United States. She said, I got to go to your country. And he said, what did you think about America? And she said, I hated it. And he said, why? And she said, I have never in my life seen so much blatant idolatry. He says, what do you mean by that? And she said, Number one, Americans, the very first thing they they serve and worship is they serve the God of their stomach. She said, Americans are consumed with food. She said, I would watch Americans stand an hour in a line to wait to eat at a restaurant. When I read that, you know what I thought? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. The second blatant of idolatry, she said, is 
They're consumed with television. She said they, they decorate their whole house. They arrange their whole house around the TV. Guilty as charged. And she said, worse than even that, they even have the audacity, they have TVs in their bedroom. None of these things are bad until they start dominating. That's what I live for. I live for late night TV. But she said, the worst of all the idolatry in America is she said, they are addicted to their cell phones. She said, they can't put them down. She said, I saw people go into panic attacks when they didn't know where their cell phone was. She said, I saw people on their phone when they drive. She said, that's all I saw day by day by day is these people. And these people are so addicted to their phones, they never have conversation with anybody. Guilty. Guilty. See, this brings a whole new meaning to American Idol. Woof. See, this is a woman who viewed those as, as blatant acts of idolatry, but we don't even see that. Wow. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. Matthew, chapter 15. Do you know one of the words for worship is devotion? Is my allegiance, is my honor, is my respect. So off of those a couple words right there, with your worship, what are you devoted to? What takes my time? What do I say, this is, God, this is priority in my day, every day. This is what I do. Matthew 15, verse 17. You hypocrites, you pretenders, you frauds. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, he described you to the T. He hit you to the bullseye is what Jesus is saying. And he said, verse 8, these people, they draw near to me with their mouth. And they honor me with their lips. They have this big show. They say the right things. But their heart is far from me. They, they, they don't mean it. Their heart isn't into it. You know what I read into that? Do I just go through the motions? Do I just play church? This is what he's saying. He said, Isaiah, he, he hit the bullseye on you. And in vain or useless they worship me. Teaching as the doctrines of the commandments of, of men. So he's saying their hearts were not aligned with their lips. And our hearts and our mouths actually go together is what he's getting over here on. Empty traditions. Verse 17. 
Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed or come out of the mouth, they come from the heart, and the things that come from a heart, they defile a man. Now, it gets, it's, gets its start in my heart. What, what my heart longs for. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So literally what Jesus was saying to them, it's not the things on the outside that defile a man, it's the things on the inside. So the battleground for every one of us becomes my heart. What are you like on the inside? See, God is a God who changes us from the inside out. I like to say it this way. Our God is an interior designer. How do we know that? When you got born again, you didn't get a brand new piece of hair. It would be nice. It would be nice when you got born again if you just didn't shed about 50 pounds. If that's a place, man, we'd all be at the altar every week. But when I get born again, something happens on the inside. And when we allow God to move in our hearts on the inside, I say it this way, something on the inside starts working on the outside and you begin to see a change in every one of us. But when people look at you, do they see a change? Now these next few minutes, I'm gonna ask you some questions here. And I want you to really meditate on these because these work me over. Number one, what occupies your heart? What occupies my heart? Two, what causes you disappointment? If you had to identify your greatness, your greatest disappointments, where would you point? Now think about that. What's your greatest disappointment? Career, job. Could disappointments be God's way of reminding us about the idols in our life? Woof. Question three. What do you complain about the most? Maybe you ought to ask your spouse that. What do you complain about the most? Stupid cable TV, I should never get it. See, oftentimes what we complain about the most reveals what really matters to us. The last one. What do you spend your dreams and your imaginations on? See, I heard a person the other day say, my life is so wrapped up in Facebook, in Instagram, and in Snapchat. I, I, I live for that. that. That's what my mind meditates on day by day. But you know, in my life, I, I've never heard anyone say a tweet changed my life. 
Now, when I say, what are my dreams and my imagination? And I got to look at something. What gets the glory in my life? What gets the praise in my life? See, these things we call counterfeit gods, they're alive and they're well. And the devil likes to take a good thing and he likes to turn it into a bad thing. When he's able to start dominating us, when we begin to live for, for uh, uh, riches, when we begin to live for pleasures, how, how many of us have ever said this? If I, I could just go to Hawaii for a week, my life would be great. Maybe for seven days. If, if I could just go to the Super Bowl and watch the Cowboys win. Now we're really boarding on miracles right there, okay? Just. But see, I go back to these things. I'm going to end with this. Go with me to the book of, of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. See, I highlight all these because... It can look different for every one of us. But you know, I was, I was around a person the other day and they were telling me about this person in their life and I had made a comment that they, they never have enough money and the person replied back and said, oh, they have money for what they want. And I said, well, why are you telling me that? And they said, they're addicted to shopping. They're addicted to shopping. They go and they buy when they don't need to even buy. Have any of you ever done that? Have you ever bought something that you really didn't need? See, it's very easy for us as Americans to say, you know what, I only got 23 pair of Adidas, but I, I need another pair. See, we, we, we keep pushing the limit. And we think another pair of shoes, another TV, another, it's, going, it's not going to make me happy. The, the only thing that I've found in my life that brings true satisfaction is the Lord. Yeah. He never changes. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of your heart, springs the issues of life. Call out to God. See, many times we look to everything and everyone but God. God ought to be the first we look to every time. Every time. How many have heard people say this? We've done everything we can do in life, so I guess now we'll pray. It's like prayer is going to be a life preserver. We've done everything we can do. Let's just go ahead and pray. That should be my first move, that I begin to look to Father God. 
that he gets first place in my praise. He gets first place in my worship. He gets first place in the first fruits of my week. What do I mean by that? The first fruits of my week is Sunday morning. I say, Lord, you're going to get my best on Sunday morning. And I believe this, when we give God our best, the first fruits even of our week, he blesses the rest of your week. But I can't keep God on the back burners. I can't keep ignoring them and act like, again, you're the sugar daddy in the sky. When I start ringing the bell, you show up, and then people get mad at God. Lord, help us. Grace us in these areas. I'm going to have you stand up right there where you're at. Listen, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't, don't miss Wednesday nights. There's going to be some scripture that's going to come out. And, and I believe personally it's going to set us free. I, there, there's days I, I start writing and I just keep writing. I got papers here and books here and papers here. And I say, Holy Spirit, you got to move here and put these together here. And when he starts putting them together, man alive, I get, whoo, whoo, Lord, this is good stuff. Bow your head with me and let's pray. Father God, we call out to you tonight. And Father, for every one of us in here, if there's things in our life, people in our life, that we've placed above you, that they are literally 21st century idols. Lord, we, we repent. Father God, we're sorry for making you second, third, fourth, fifth place in our life. And tonight, we ask you to come back and we give you first place to the throne of our heart. And we welcome you. And Lord, we ask there becomes a grace that, that we do things in moderation, that we do things with a balance. That Lord, you're the God who wants us to enjoy life. You're the God that said, all that's good and perfect comes from me. And so, Lord, I, I know you're not against us being blessed. You're not against us having fun. You're not against us enjoying this thing called life. But we ask you to right now that the areas of our life that were out of order, bring it back into order. And we welcome you tonight. Be the interior designer of our hearts. We'll be the interior designer. You know, if you know in here you, you, you're struggling in an area, if you can willfully admit, I'm struggling in this area, and I'm just telling you right now, when you can willfully admit, I'm struggling in this area, you're on a way to freedom. That's the first step today. I got a problem with this. Ooh, if that's you, just raise your hands, Devin. Father God, we ask you to move in here, Lord. Move in us. Purge. And prune what needs to be purged and pruned. And Father God, I pray right now, you give us a heart to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.